It's the Early Access Podcast, episode 11. I'm your host, DJ Nikki. Kuehler is not here. She is out doing something uh, important today. But it is November 5th, 2019. We're live on twitch.tv slash every Tuesday, 8 p.m. PSC. You can check us out on Spotify and iTunes as well. We have some actual early access news to talk about. I'm going to talk about Pistol Whip, Beat Saber, Autica, bunch of vr stuff uh, but first we're going to talk about modern warfare because despite the fact that i didn't get early access to that game the game sometimes feels like it is an early access title now that it's been out for i believe a little over a week i've been playing a ton of it i've almost hit max level and i so originally i wasn't going to pick up modern warfare uh, i don't really like infinity ward games cod 4 was dope modern warfare 2 i hated one man army noob tubes everywhere Modern Warfare 3 had Dead Man's Hand, which still haunts me in my sleep. It was a death streak where if you died, I think it was four times in a row. The next time you went down, uh, I think it didn't count if you got headshotted, but if you went down, then you would be holding a piece of C4, and when you were finished off or on your go, you could detonate that C4 and kill everyone in a huge blast radius. I think they nerfed the radius by like 25% a little bit through the game's life cycle, but that was unbelievably irritating uh, i hate a modern warfare 3 wasn't even interested in ghosts i dislike modern warfare 3 so much played the infinite warfare beta didn't really care about it so i didn't pick that up so i haven't played an infinity ward call of duty truly since modern warfare 3 even though i've like touched the other ones a tiny bit so modern warfare first off finished a single player it was incredible i'm not going to talk too much about that but there are new aspects of the multiplayer that I have huge gripes with. Everyone was complaining about advanced movement and Black Ops 3 and boost jumping and wall running and all that stuff. And to me, those I actually didn't mind those features. The new feature in Call of Duty that tilts me off the face of the fucking planet are the doors. I don't know why or, or what doors are supposed to put in from a gameplay perspective from just as a, a mechanic because doors make it so you can't see in a room before you can go in so people can be camping after you open the door people can be camping behind the door doors are loud so if they're closed and you burst through them then well congratulations everyone knows you just ran through a door there's only in certain spots you can't blow them up they're invincible so they're just there forever sometimes you get in these weird door fights where someone's like right behind the door and you're trying to go in uh, i I hate doors. They're an extra button to push to traverse through the map sometimes. Uh, otherwise, if you don't open the door manually by stopping and pressing a button, you, you barge through it. I think it's a terrible mechanic. I hate it. If they completely remove doors or just made them opener, my best compromise would just let us blow them up. If if I could semtex them or throw C4 on them or shoot a rocket launcher at them and just not have to deal with them for the rest of the game, that, that I think would be incredible. Um, but... As of right now, Infinity Ward has decided to make doors this indestructible force that campers can use to chill behind and keep their inside safe. Uh, because if you if the door is closed, you can't necessarily look into there safely and check for campers. So incredibly irritating. I hate doors. But I got a quote from Charlie Intel. Call of Duty is once again the best-selling new premium game of the year, proving the enduring nature of the franchise across console, PC, mobile, and esports, said Bobby Kotick, Activision Blizzard's chief executive officer. In the first three days of release, Call of Duty Modern Warfare more than doubled the box office opening of Joker. So, incredibly popular game. No wonder that millions and millions of bad players at Call of Duty 
are putting claymores at every door. I mean, I I have gone so far as to I use probably throwing knives a lot, but claymores, you you got to use them. It's stupid to use anything else. They're so damn powerful. So the game released super popular, uh, but man, it it is tilting me off the face of the earth, like a lot of Call of Duties before it uh, never had. Four zero two, the former I believe he was community manager of Infinity Ward tweeted out the description of a map. I think it was Euphrates Bridge. I'm bringing it up right now. It is Euphrates Bridge. The the Infinity Ward description of this map literally says uh, blown out houses, destroyed buses, and a neglected bridge provide seemingly endless places to hide. We don't want seemingly endless places to hide. If you're going to make camping more powerful they didn't make breaching equally scaled to the proportion of the power of camping so flash grenades stun grenades those are still in the game they, they did add snapshot grenades i haven't used those yet you throw those in and it tells you where enemies are in the area the heartbeat sensor is back uh but i believe the heartbeat sensor and uav are ca- once again countered by ghost flashes and stuns can be countered by battle hardened which is like the tack mask of this call of duty and of course doors like I said earlier, completely uncounterable. Uh, these maps, I I think Piccadilly, I, I, I stopped and I literally today went through every Call of Duty map. I've played Call of Duty 1. I played all of them basically except 2, 3, Ghosts, Infinite Warfare. Uh, and I think those are the only Call of Duties I have not touched. And I went through every single Call of Duty map on the Wikipedia. And in my opinion, I still think Piccadilly is the worst map in Call of Duty history. Other bad ones, people overhype Rust. Rust is just a clusterfuck of a map uh, with the, the high high center point and then lots of corners and open areas. Uh, it's a tiny map that you're not really looking on. If you think of like Modern Warfare 2's high rise, where there are two buildings on opposite ends, and in the middle you had this big open area where there's B flag and there's a way to flank under. But if you held one of the main office buildings on the end and then you held the middle, you could spawn trap people in the middle. It's kind of like a three lane map. Like I really liked all of Treyarch's maps. I looked through the wiki list of Treyarch maps. None of them I really had a huge problem with. I love three lane maps. They really moved away from that in uh, modern warfare. So with with high rise, you could hold the metal, you could hold your main office building and lock everyone down at a spawn, right? On rust, I mean, everyone's 1v1 Rust. That's a different story. But on Rust and any kind of team fight, you, you, people are everywhere. It's absolutely bananas. I think Rust was overhyped. Wasteland, because you were able to noob two people across the map. And apparently, Infinity War did not learn from 2009 because you can do that on Piccadilly also. So that that's just a lesson learned from literally 10 years ago that apparently wasn't learned. Wasteland, I think, um, well, I get another Modern Warfare 2 mapped. Uh, rose colored glasses on that one Dome from Modern Warfare 3 I hated and Gustav Cannon from World War 2 I didn't like that map very much either but Piccadilly number one worst map in Call of Duty history like I said noob tubes across the spawn you could very easily trap spawn trap people at the top of the map it's horrifying for free for all just because of the number of doors and stuff that you could put claymores around there's one building where there's only one entrance and you have to break through a door it's like an electronic shop or something like that 
To get up to the second floor, there's one door, so you can put a claymore behind that. The only other way to get in there is to jump on a scaffolding, then jump on a rooftop, then jump in through the window. But when you're on the rooftop, your back is exposed to the rest of the map, so you could very easily get shot in the back. And to be honest, the person who's camping that room is probably looking out that window anyway. So that, I mean, that in and of itself uh, is a terrible design for just like a small building on the map in general uh terrible map a lot of the other maps i'm not thrilled about there's like three of them that i find acceptable but there's only six six v six maps other things that are are making it sad for me not only are claymores incredibly powerful but dead silence is no longer a perk dead silence is only not a perk in one other call of duty advanced warfare and everyone was boost jumping around and flying all over the place so there wasn't too much stealth to be had there in the first place uh, they made Dead Silence an ability that you can activate for a short period of time in that game. And they did the same thing in Modern Warfare. But then that just makes it easy for people who are camping to hear where you're coming from. They do make Dead Silence refresh on kill, which is nice. But I, I really want that to be a perk again. I can't I, I can't deal with it. Uh, running around, sounding like I have literally iron boots tramping, trampling all over the map for people to hear me right before I burst in through a door like the Kool-Aid man, only for them to shoot me in the head because they heard me coming from half a mile down. Dead Sounds needs to be a perk again. Uh, but those are really my main complaints about the game. I'm not even going to touch on the 725 sniper rifle, but uh, those the, the the weapon balance, that that's, that's something we've seen tuned ever since like Black Ops 1 where they only tune the FAMAS once. Every Call of Duty after like that, they've, they've gone to tuning the weapons, so I'm not too worried about that. Tuning the maps is not as easy uh and they're not just gonna remove piccadilly they had a lot of man hours and people working on the map and and to be fair i have seen photos of piccadilly in real life and it it the in-game representation in modern warfare seems to be pretty accurate but it still makes for a garbage map i absolutely hate that map good things about modern warfare though the fact that cross i don't think we're acknowledging often enough that cross play is an incredible feature that I hope in the next decade, 2020 and beyond, is a standard, at least for AAA titles. Because cross-platform, I most of the time I'm playing with people from different platforms. I, some of the times I'm playing 2v2s, which by the way, I want to say 2v2s are incredible. I love that. Having 50% of your team be yourself, and if you go down, then it's all on your teammate, or you got to clutch a 1v2. I, like, I love clutching out. 2v2s are incredible. What was I saying about 2v2s? I was saying something else. I've completely lost my train of thought. 2v2s are dope. Oh, man. I'm talking too fast, and I've absolutely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, cross-platform. Cross-platform gameplay, unless I'm playing 2v2s, PC, Xbox, PS4. I'm, I'm usually, if I'm playing 6v6s, grouped with one of my friends who are playing on a different platform. And the fact that I don't need to ask someone what console they got Modern Warfare on. We could just play together. I'll hop in a Discord chat. That That is incredible and nearly unprecedented. I know Rocket League and a bunch of VR games even have cross-play, even between PC and VR, like Rec Room, for example. You could play on your mouse and keyboard while someone else can play in actual VR. That's super cool. But to have a AAA game launch with fully supported crossplay that for the most part works, we do have some people dropping from the party every now and then, it's not too big of a deal, is incredible. And I really got to praise uh, Infinity Ward for that. And that was actually one of the selling points of me getting the game. Nowadays, I don't really like playing games that are multiplayer with huge teams, 6v6. But the fact that it's so easy 
to just pull a couple people off of PC or Xbox to join me while I play on my PS4 is incredible. So I got to give a major props for that. Crossplay is a ton of fun. There's almost no reason for you to be running around nowadays with a team of less than six people if you're afraid of playing with dumb randoms who are going to feed. This crossplay is uh, is the new standard for every Call of Duty moving forward. It absolutely should be. I know Sledgehammer is not going to be releasing the 2020 COD, putting Treyarch really under the hammer because they got to release another Call of Duty within two years. I mean, it's not as bad as COD 3, which I believe they had nine months to make and which isn't really regarded as a great Call of Duty. But now... I mean, they have the deal in place. Uh, all the all the legal stuff seems to be out of the way for it. But now every Call of Duty after this has to support cross-play. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to be a little tilted about that. Overall, though, Modern Warfare, I was considering not getting it because Pokemon Sword and Shield comes out on November 15th. That's about 10 days from now. And once that comes out, I, I'm probably going to not be touching Modern Warfare all too much. But uh, so far, I mean, between the campaign and the experience I've got to play with some old friends... And the multiplayer being flawed but still enjoyable at times, I think uh, I think I'm having a good time with Modern Warfare. And I just threw down the sixty dollars on it. Season pass stuff isn't going to come out by the time I'm deep into Sword and Shield. Had to take a sip from my tea. Um, bad episode for Kula to be gone because I have a terribly sore throat. I'm not feeling too good, but. In other early access news, this is truly early access. I've gotten to play games from uh cloudhead cloudhead games they were nice enough to give me an early copy of pistol whip i announced on the last episode of the early access podcast but i wasn't allowed to talk about it yet now i could talk about absolutely everything pistol whip is a new rhythm shooter uh they want to put a little more emphasis on the shooter and i think that's fair there's not just a marketing gig it really is more of a shooter than it is a rhythm game in fact you don't even need to play pistol whip to the rhythm Basically, it's a John Wick-inspired action rhythm shooter where you're constantly running forward. Enemies pop out. You super hot style. Dodge these bullets that are coming at you. Dope soundtrack plays in the background. And you shoot enemies. And the more you shoot, the more you shoot on beat. And the more bullets you dodge, the better you do. It's got leaderboard support, gun customization, all that stuff. I think, truly, that this is one of the next great VR games. The last time I said that, was when Beat Saber came out. Now Beat Saber is by far the most played VR game of all time. I have not thought a game was this good since Beat Saber. That being said, Pistol Whip is only releasing with 10 tracks. I don't know exactly how much it's going to come out for, uh, but I'm going to estimate probably $20. It'll be rough for them to launch at 30 because both Beat Saber and Autica are coming out at $30. But there's been a little bit of controversy within the VR space lately. Because Beat Saber announced that on November 7th, the same day as Pistol Whip's launch, Beat Saber will be dropping something dope. Now, I believe I've seen some leaks that it is the Rocket League Monster Cat crossover DLC. So Monster Cat and Rocket League teamed up, made some dope music, and they're going to be releasing six songs at $8.99 USD. Now, uh, they are going to be releasing that on the same day as Pistol Whip. So the controversy in the VR community right now is everyone thinks it's a shitty move for Beat Saber to be releasing the VR Goliath, the undisputed king of VR right now, is releasing a DLC, which is leaked. I might be wrong on that. 
on the same day as their super hyped competitor pistol whip which was originally announced at e3 people are a little salty about that and that honestly is just how the industry goes i mean back in the day if you guys remember you think back like what three or four or five years when i was working on battleborn and battleborn was releasing on the day that Overwatch was going to have their beta. A lot of people saw those two games as competitors, as someone who's played a ton of Battleborn and a decent amount of Overwatch. Those two games really should have been put together as competitors. They they absolutely were not, because Battleborn was more of a MOBA uh, build-based. I mean, you had different types of gear you can equip, different skills you got throughout the game. Whereas in Overwatch, it's just character-based. As you go through the game, Tracer doesn't get stronger. I mean, she gets an ultimate, but that's about it. And Battleborn, you also get ultimates with a bunch of stuff over it. Battleborn is a lot more complex, uh, but Blizzard, being the behemoth that it is, absolutely steamrolled Battleborn as far as sales go. I remember like two weeks after Battleborn came out, they put it on sale. And so this isn't an uncommon practice in the gaming industry for two competitors to release at the same time. And for one to just get completely overshadowed. Of course, is it a little bit sad and not nice for companies to do that? Yeah, a little bit, but that's business and no one is entitled to a particular release date. This isn't dibs. Oh, I called November 7th. I got to put it up. Plus, Beat Saber is, uh, if it truly is this music pack, Beat Saber is on PSVR and Sony is going to be calling the shots on when those dlcs are going to be released plus we're getting pretty close to christmas in fact like pokemon sword and shield releasing on november 15th which is a friday that's like the last day where you can be putting out games you need to be in people's minds there needs to be enough media enough people out there playing it streaming on twitch for people to be hyped about it come christmas and so november 15th about the about the latest you can start launching titles so the fact that there are two overlapping dates i can almost give beat games the benefit of the doubt for releasing a dlc on the same day as pistol whip in fact i mean you're not going to want to launch december 1st or whatever the tuesday or friday is in december you're going to need time to put out patches the dev team is going to want to go and visit their family go travel fly around celebrate hanukkah christmas new year's all that stuff you you don't want to be releasing too close to christmas because Everyone is, first of all, going to be spending their money right around then getting presents. But second off, uh, the dev teams, when they when the game's patches need to come out, I mean, Modern Warfare needs more patches uh, and, and more things fixed than I could list off in one show. But you don't want the dev team working over Christmas. So the fact that they're releasing so close to each other, uh, in fact, on the same day, is in my mind not that big of a deal in fact vr is even a long game i mean you have 2,000 concurrent people playing beat Saber, which is huge considering the the fact that you need a gaming pc and you need to be connected to the internet and you need to buy the game and you need to have a vr headset which is another couple hundred dollars the fact that 2,000 people are playing beat saber at once is far and above uh pavlov i'm just thinking off the top of my head which is in second place and so uh beat saber did not get there in one day right vr games aren't huge on their launch it's really the long the long game beat saber came out what well over a year ago maybe a year and a half and so it's really the long game that these vr games are playing so pistol whip is supported great i don't i don't see this as too big of a deal for beat games to come in and release something on the same day plus like i said it might just be sony's fault but you know what everyone in the vr industry is forgetting about autica while pistol whip is what i would call a 
shooter rhythm game, Autica is a rhythm shooter game. And actually, in my opinion, I know a lot of my, if any of my VR friends heard this, this is blasphemy. I prefer Autica to Pistol Whip. Pistol Whip is a much more physically exhaustive game because you're doing a lot of dodging, whereas the most movement you do in Autica is meleeing, just kind of swinging your hands left and right. Autica, uh, in my opinion, is my my the game that I would choose to play. If I was given an hour to play VR and I had to choose Pistol Whip or Autica, I would choose Autica. Autica went full release today on November 5th, and no one's talking about that. But it is twenty nine ninety nine, and if you bought the season pass with the game, it's forty four dollars and ninety eight cents. It is out on PSVR, Steam, and Oculus. I can't wait for it to come to Quest. I, if I had to guess why it's not on Quest yet, probably they're trying to solve getting the the tech to run on the Quest. It's a beautiful game, but uh, it has playable DLC tracks coming up, which is why the season pass is being offered with the game. But the playable DLC tracks come from Five Seconds of Summer, Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish, who I feel like radio is trying to make me sick of Billie Eilish because any radio station you turn on, whether it be alternative rock or pop, they're playing Billie Eilish, and I think the radio is trying to make me hate her. Imagine Dragons, who I do legitimately hate, and Post Malone. One of the things that I get often when I'm demoing Beat Saber to people, whether it be friends or strangers or whoever, is when one of the first things they do is look for songs they recognize because a lot of people aren't rhythm game players. They're not going to be recognizing like uh, even Monster Cat or Camellia or any actual rhythm game artist. And so with uh, with a new person coming in to play Beat Saber, they want to play songs that they've heard on the radio, the top 40 stuff. Autica, I mean, Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish, Imagine Dragons, Post Malone. I don't know Five Seconds of Summer. I don't think I'm their demographic. The game has 32 base game songs. That's huge. Uh, of course, it is. it was in early access, and now it is launching fully. But Beat Saber came out with 10 songs. Autica came out with 10 songs. Pistol Whip came out with 10 songs. But we need to measure them by today like the actual day right now if i'm a consumer who's going to pick up one of these games beat saber has a near unlimited amount of songs um, because of mods i know the beat saber modding community got cracked down a little bit a couple of music artists came up to them and said hey we don't want our music on your website take them down so they had to take down those beat saber maps which is fair uh, it is their copyright and their intellectual property and, and their right to do so but if we're looking at it right now, Pistol Whip has 10 songs. Given I've heard all the songs, they're dope. Beat Saber, a near unlimited set of songs. And Autica in the base game has 32 songs. And Autica and Beat Saber both come out at about $30 right now, USD. Autica, incredible. They put trick shotting in the game. You can literally throw your guns and spin them around your fingers. Uh, it is so well polished. I hated the game when it first came out. I even put out a series of tweets about why I thought it was a bad game when it first came out. And I pretty much took everything I said, fixed it, and added more dope music. Uh, I absolutely love Autica. And it came out November 5th. So I would highly recommend picking it up. I, they're not even a sponsor. It's made by Harmonix, the creators of Rock Band. So, of course, they have a lot of music uh, industry veterans creating the game. And uh, it is fantastic. I recommend picking that up. But Pistol Whip, also a fantastic game. And, of course, like Beat Saber, always solid. I know a lot of people are a little bit burnt out on Beat Saber. But you ask, like, okay, man, 
how many hours of Beat Saber do you have? And they'll say like 500. Like, okay, yeah, that's why you're burnt out on it. Beat Saber's been out for 400 days and you have 500 hours on it. It makes a little sense that you're burnt out on it. So Pistol Whip's a new, coolest thing. And it is a fantastic game. A lot of squats. My legs were on fire after playing that game for two hours. And that's pretty much what everyone says after they finish playing and hopefully they support it well after launch one of the things i'm concerned with with pistol whip though is because if you think of beat saber you think of custom maps you're just placing blocks on a three by four grid with autica it's a little more complicated but with pistol whip it's even more complicated because you have scenes customized for every single song in the environment where enemies can be standing high low uh below you whether it be your left or your right how the enemies run around the map there's so much more that goes into mapping a good pistol whip map where you add the melees where you add in the obstacles on top of enemy movement and all that kind of stuff that it might be a little bit difficult i'm interested to see in the future how the modding community takes pistol whip just because of all the extra challenges that come with modding a pistol whip map versus just doing a beat saber map of course whether you're playing beat saber or you're playing uh, Pistol Whip or Autica. There's always going to be trash maps out there, but the prevalence of dope maps uh, or how easy it is to make a really good map is going to be something that uh, we'll have to we'll have to see if any actually good maps or how abundant they are when Pistol Whip mods come around because someone's going to figure out how to do it. And that's all the early access news I have uh, as far as games go. As far as world news goes i gotta talk about this one because this happened unusually close to my house like if i had if i had one hour to get to the place where this happened i could get in my car right now and drive there but airbnb has banned party houses now they didn't quite define what party house is but uh the incident where this happened was absolutely a party house uh airbnb bans party houses after quote Five people died in a shooting during a 100-plus person Halloween party at an Airbnb rental in Orinda, California. So what happened was uh, this group of people, or maybe it was one person, I'm not too sure, rented this Airbnb. There are tons of fires right now going on in California. Right now, Sonoma County, I'm actually not sure if it's, it's over right now, but definitely last week when this was happening around Halloween, Tons of smoke, tons of fire. This person rented an Airbnb saying that their family had asthma and they had to get away from the smoke and the fires. For those of you who don't live in California, the smoke is actually that bad to where it's terrible for people with asthma, to where you can't go outside sometimes, to where visibility is reduced significantly. Air quality in California gets absolutely horrendous sometimes. So it's a plausible thing but the airbnb owners of the house were a little bit suspicious that they wanted to stay for one night on halloween turns out they lied about the asthma thing they lied about the well maybe they did have asthma i don't know but they lied about it not being an airbnb party because they said hey don't throw a party and they threw a party with over 100 people a couple guys got shot in there and they say that uh airbnb is going to be uh including creating a rapid response team for party houses, presumably to help homeowners prevent dangerous parties. Uh, Chesky, who I believe is like the CEO of Airbnb, if I was smart enough to write that down, then that would have been great. But he did not explain what a party house was in the thread. Airbnb spokesman Ben, that guy's name looks insanely close to Brexit, but it's B-R-E-I-T. I'll just call him Ben. Define party houses as rentals which repeatedly disturb neighbors, according to the Washington Post. 
but said that any specific standards have yet to be determined. Airbnb claims it already uses an automated risk detection system that uses predictive analytics and machine learning to instantly evaluate hundreds of signals that help us flag and investigate suspicious activity before it happens. And they're going to be working further to, uh, well, prevent this kind of bad press from going on, but also to uh, stop party houses. The The main thing is um, it's a sad, sad time for college students around the world and grad students because renting out an Airbnb is a very common practice to throwing a huge party. Typically, I mean, you have an apartment with a bunch of uh, roommates and you're going to be disturbing your neighbors. So generally, if you want to throw a sick party, you rent an Airbnb and uh, that is going to be banned completely now across the board because uh, some idiot decided to go in and shoot up a bunch of people. One of the people, uh, unfortunately, was the DJ was unfortunately killed at the party. It was very sad, very unfortunate. And now the rest of us uh, can't throw Airbnb parties responsibly anymore. I know there are Airbnb rentals that they, they just straight up expect people to throw parties there, uh, and, and they come equipped for it, and they make sure that the neighbors aren't going to freak out on it, or it's in some area where there aren't going to be any neighbors freaking out about it. But those are all just completely banned across the board now, thanks to this jackass who decided to go around shooting people. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield leaks. I have this written out on my show notes. A bunch of Pokemon Sword and Shield leaks came out, but I don't want to spoil them. Uh, what I do want to talk about, though, in regards to the leaks, are these dumbass news organizations who are putting the names of leaked Pokemon in the headlines of their articles. I, of course, don't care. Uh, I want to know everything as soon as possible. I spoiled everything. I could about Pokemon Sword and Shield immediately. As soon as I saw the leaks, I went in, read them, and I know everything so far. I'm not going to leak anything on the show, so for those of you worried, don't worry about that. But these dumbass journalists who are going around, and there's literally an article I saw. It was, don't worry, no spoilers, name of unreleased Pokemon discovered, plus, and then like two things that are secret that you'll probably find out about in the mid-game, if I had to guess. All of that in the headline. And if you're trying to avoid that, that got pushed straight to my phone. I have an Android and I get news. Uh, so congratulations, uh, dumbass journalists. Thank you for uh, for those who want to avoid spoilers. Thanks for helping them avoid spoilers, you jackasses. Jesus Christ. I was at Pokemon League. I was at a card tournament. And I was talking about spoilers with an earshot of other Pokemon players. And was reminded, hey, man, not everyone heard anything or wants to hear hear anything. And so, luckily, I didn't say anything. I appreciate that person for reminding me. And, and I mean, this was a problem with Game of Thrones. I left the internet, right? When Game of Thrones came out on Sundays and I worked Sunday nights at whenever Game of Thrones came out, like 7 or 8 p.m., off the internet. I don't care. I don't care. I, I, I'm not going to go on Twitter. I'm not going to check my email. I'm not going to look at my Discord. I'm not going to look at my text messages. Nothing. I don't want anything spoiled for me. Of course, the last season of Game of Thrones was underwhelming. So, if someone did spoil that for me, it wasn't too big of a deal. But I was streaming one time, and and someone came in and dropped massive spoilers. So, uh, for those of you who don't adhere to spoilers, fuck you. For those of you like me, and you read all the leaks, and you like all the leaks, be be a little bit like Nikki, and just just don't say anything. If you're going to discuss it with someone, make sure no one in earshot want you know. Make sure they either want to, or they leave, or they can't hear you when you talk about the leaks. Uh, otherwise, just make sure the person you're talking to wants to hear about it, because uh, spoiling things is a dick thing to do. 
last thing I want to talk about this week, uh, I, I hate Yelp. Um, I, Yelp, Yelp as a service, I think, is very valuable and, and consumer uh, forward and consumer friendly. You should know if the place you're going to is good, has good service, clean, uh, if other people recommend it. Sometimes it has helpful information to the hours, what days they're open, the map, uh, where, where to park, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes Yelp has great information on it. But I hate Yelp reviewers. That's that's what it really should boil down to. Some people who review things on Yelp just shouldn't be qualified to have the, you, you're allowed to have an opinion, but I don't think they should be allowed to have their opinion impact a business or impact other people's opinion on a business publicly. Uh, because some of you are just frankly too stupid. So I'm going to read this review that was tweeted out. It was anonymized, but it was in regards to a restaurant. This person left a one-star review, and it says, I'm giving a one-star because of the cheap management and customer service. I heard the food was very good, so I went to try. Me and the BF got the calamari, spaghetti ali von, von goli, and ganocchi. I'm sure I pronounced one of those two improperly. All were very delicious. I was actually so impressed that when the manager came to ask us how everything tasted, I told her it was some of the best Italian food I've had, and I told her I'm going to post about it on Instagram, where I have over 11,000 followers, and a lot of them are in the area. She seemed very happy about it. I was wrong. I thought that she would be grateful for the free advertising, but when the check... I think that's the wrong check. I don't think you're supposed to spell it. C-H-E-C-K. Came. There was literally no discount at all. I thought at least one of the entrees would be taken off, but they didn't even take off the calamari or even the drinks. I won't go back here because of this, which is a shame because the food was very good. The manager needs to understand how to treat customers. What an entitled bitch. I. So I'm not even talking about entitled bitches on this one. I'm talking about influencers. So there, I have literally had people come to me uh, in a, in a non Twitch setting, I've actually just been on the street talking to people and, and I've had within the past six months, two separate people mentioned to me, strangers prior to these conversations that they were a Twitch affiliate buddy. I mean, first off, Twitch affiliate means nothing. Second off, uh, I don't know what you're trying to get from me. Cause I'm not going to fry you any calamari. I don't even like calamari. Look, influencers, you're not, you're not that important. Some of you overstate your reach. I mean, there was that one influencer chick with millions of followers who couldn't even sell 10 t-shirts. 11,000 followers on Instagram also ain't shit. I mean, think about it. If you had a 1% conversion rate from 11,000, what is that? That's about 100 people, 110 people, right? 110 people from, from your post see your post and live within the area what percentage of those people want Italian food, then will remember the specific restaurant, then will go to the restaurant on that person's recommendation. That's such, that's such an insignificant, and 1% highballing it. And then we take fractions of that 1%. 11,000 people is absolutely nobody. Uh, you're, you're, you're a nobody influencer. I have at my peak, I had almost 14,000. Still an absolute nobody. 14,000 on Twitch also is way less than 14,000 on Instagram because Instagram has reached, I mean, they're literal celebrities on Instagram, right? When I think about the Twitch celebrities. We're talking Dr. Disrespect, previously Shroud, previously Ninja, previously Courage. But uh, I think Dr. Disrespect is now like one of the biggest Twitch channels. Not even close to a Taylor Swift or any m- massive actual A-list celebrity. Um, 
absolute garbage human being, absolute uh, garbage person. Yelp would be doing this restaurant a service to take this down. I feel bad when they're not corporate restaurants too. Like if you leave a one-star review on a McDonald's, I couldn't give a shit. But if this is some family-owned restaurant or a startup or someone put their heart and soul in uh, starting their own restaurant, making their, their family's food or their favorite food or food from a place they visited. I went to Japan where this uh, Japanese man had lived in Mexico for 10 years and I went to his Mexican restaurant in Japan, which I thought was hilarious and is great. Um, love that place. I love supporting places like those. And to have their online reputation diminished by dumbasses like this, who are some for some reason allowed to leave reviews, is uh, I, I don't like that about Yelp, that dumb people have a sway over a business. Uh, I mean, I guess the same could be said about elections if we were really getting into politics. Should we be taking dumb people's uh, voting rights away? Nikki says, yes, fuck it. Fuck it. There was there was this thing I had on stream where if you wanted to play with me, uh, you had to answer a question and, and fill out a cue. And the question was, so make sure I, I, I have to word this perfectly. You're in a car going 60 miles an hour. How long will it take you to drive 60 miles? And uh, the, I mean, the number of Twitch viewers, the average Twitch viewer might not be as, as sharp as the average tool, but the average Twitch viewer... Uh, and I didn't always didn't always get that one right. So at the end of the day, uh, I let me know. Let me know if you guys are listening to this uh, on Spotify or iTunes. Leave us a leave us a rating, and then uh, m- and let me know how many followers you have. Also, and then give me a one star when I charge you for listening to this podcast on Patreon. Whenever I decide to start that up, also let me know who you think the uh, the douchebag of the week is: this influencer chick or that guy who shot up a party. That is actually a terrible question. I think it is going to be unanimously the guy who shot up the party um, because he literally killed five people. Anyway, despite me spending the entire first part of this podcast hating on Modern Warfare, I'm going to stop talking now and go play it and also rest my voice and chug the rest of this tea. I've been host DJ Nikki. We'll be back Tuesday, 8 p.m. PST for the Early Access Podcast every week here on twitch.tv slash Del Shampoo. Join my Discord, discord.gg slash Del Shampoo. If you want to hang out and interact with the show, Kilo should be back next week. Uh, other than that, I'm DJ Nikki, and we'll see you guys all some of the time.